Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Let's get into it tonight. Acts chapter 8. I do good news, but I don't want to have to pass the mic around tonight. Do you have to go back across the, the way? You do? Well, do your thing, Michael. You do what you got to do. Thanks for being here. We'll, we'll survive the rest of the time. Thank you so much for showing up. We will survive. Okay. Praise God. So, Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. We're continuing on. Those who've been with us on Wednesdays, those who know the format of Wednesdays, we've actually done a verse-by-verse study of the Bible since January of 2020, every single Wednesday since January of 2020. And uh, we've gone through several books, several epistles, but now we've gotten a little bit more ambitious. We're going through Acts. Acts 8.26. Check this out. Philip was a man of God. Look at this. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. And it is deserty around there. So he started out, and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia. That, that is interesting. A eunuch of great authority under the Kandake. Some translations actually say Candace, as if that was her name. I really don't know about it. I believe the actual title of the queen of Ethiopia was Kandake. So that was the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had what? He'd gone to Jerusalem to worship. So he was a believer, all right? He was a believer, but it sounds like he's reading. You're going to see that he's reading the Old Covenant here. He was now, and he was now returning. So seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Remember, the Lord had just spoken to an angel and sent the message to Philip and said, Head along the desert road. Why, God? No, he just went. So then the Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk along beside the carriage. This guy is reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? This guy is the treasurer of the queen of Ethiopia. And what a humble statement. How can I understand it? I need someone to help me. All right. He urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. Talking about Jesus, huh? And as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. Wow. Talking about Jesus there hundreds of years before he was even born. Then the eunuch asked Philip. Eunuchs are... Usually, eunuchs were folks um, that could not have children, to make it simple, and they were assigned to the queen, or the kings even, and they served in the royal court often. Sometimes eunuchs served in temples, different types of temples. So look into that word sometime when you have a a moment. Some eunuchs are self-made, some are emotionally made, and some, some are physically eunuchs. All right? So... The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? What a great question. So beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. How many of you know the good news is really good news? That's the gospel, huh? So the good news, 
So we want to preach the good news gladly, right? You ever seen someone that's telling someone about Jesus, and they're like, let me just tell you, man, you've got to accept Jesus, but here's all the things you can't do now. Well, it's not about that. It's not about that. It's about the freedom in Jesus. Jesus said, whoever, who, who, whoever the Son has set free is free indeed. Free to what? Free to serve God. Have a great life. Have, be blessed. Every day is exciting. So beginning with this same scripture, the good news of Jesus, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. I wanted to say that again. Next one. As they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? This guy is hardcore. He just heard the good news about Jesus. He wants to accept Jesus. And he says, let me get baptized too while we're at it. He ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. Why wait, right? When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. That is powerful. Can you imagine being taken away as the, the Spirit wills? There was a guy, and I'll be honest with you, I don't remember if it was the 19th or 20th century, but there was a guy, I don't remember his, his name, he was a great man of God. God would tell him, he was a missionary, God would tell him, pack your bags, He'd say, Lord, I don't, why would I pack my bags? The Lord says, pack your bags. This guy would pack his bags, and the Spirit of God would snatch him away and take him to different places. He was, one time this man was praying with another man, and he was taken, and his prayer partner looked around, he was gone. Then the phone rang in the hotel, he answered it, and the guy says, I'm, I'm so, in, I'm, I'm hundreds of miles away. <laughs> so, same God, Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. He can still do miracles. He's God. Why, why couldn't he do that? All right? So when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Wow, that is powerful. Meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north at the town of Azotus. What a day in the life of missionary Philip. <laughs> God says, walk down this road. I'm not going to tell you why. And then snatches him away and takes him by the Holy Spirit to Azotus. He preached the good news there. And in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. Caesarea is beautiful. Caesarea was named after the Caesars. It was built by King Herod the Great in honor of the Caesars of Rome. It's right on the ocean, and it's gorgeous. I'll show you some pictures sometime. And it, there's just, it's really beautiful. All right? He came to Caesarea. Meanwhile, Saul, interesting that that verse finishes with Caesarea and that chapter finishes with Caesarea because in the future, here, here is a, um, some foreshadowing. Paul's going to wind up being in prison in Caesarea for Jesus. Right near the beach or on the beach. What a great place to be in prison, right? Meanwhile, I guess you can at least smell the salty water, the briny ocean air. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath. Wow. And was eager to kill the Lord's followers. Kill them, not just imprison them. He was eager to kill them because they were going against the law. They were going against the Torah, or so he thought. So he went to the high priest. Why? He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for the cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found Christianity, the new fledgling uh, Christianity, the brand new Christianity, Christianity in its infancy was called the way possibly because jesus said i am the way the truth and the life i don't know exactly why but they just called it the way el camino right he wanted to bring them both men and women back to jerusalem in chains let's halt there i want to encourage everyone i want you to take it to the next level in your walk with god gino almost smiled i don't know why maybe he knows what i'm going to say but there's no way he could unless god told him <laughs> 
I'm going to encourage you. If there are shutdowns again for COVID or the Delta variant or the Mu, Nu, Xi, Omicron, Pi, whatever the, the names of the, the Greek letters they're going to use or the Lambda variant, what did, what did George Bush say one time? You fooled me once, right? Shame on you. You fooled me twice. You're not going you're not going to fool me again, right? So, um, hey, I challenge you, if they begin to start doing closures and shutdowns, which could happen again, and some of you are like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Is this a bad dream on repeat? Don't let it rob your joy either. You just be joyful. You go play some soccer. God's going to help you pay your bills. You're going to be all right. You're going to be blessed. He's going to work it to your advantage. But I challenge you, those on the live stream as well, I challenge you and I dare you, if they start doing closures and advise you to not go to church, do not listen to that mess. You stay connected. A lot of people got disconnected in 2020, and they're still suffering for it. You stay connected. God is your king, not the law of the land when it goes against your personal religious beliefs, especially in the United States of America. You are free to worship until they change the Constitution. People say, it's the law to do this. It's the law. A lot of them are mandates. They are not laws, actually. So, and I know they, they use statistics, they try to scare people and freak people out and, and, and deceive. Remember, Jesus said over and over again, remember, he's talking about the last days in Matthew 24, says it over and over again, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. There's deception going on right now. So, Pastor Matt, are you saying the virus is not real? Oh, no, there's, there's a virus. It's a COVID virus. It is a virus. We know that. But... In response to that, don't you hide and run from God. Don't run from the things of God, all right? A lot of people were missing church, and they were hanging out at Walmart. <laughs> a lot of people were missing church, and they were still going to Home Depot. And God bless Home Depot, right? God bless Lowe's. She's mad at me now for saying that. Don't be too mad at me. Lowe's is the enemy, maybe. I like Home Depot and Lowe's, as a matter of fact. I even like McCoy's sometimes, but uh, sometimes, you know. But I'm telling how, how does that make sense? Don't let, don't, l let me be real. I don't say this often. Don't let the devil lie to you. Y'all hear me on the live stream? You hear me on SoundCloud and the podcast? Don't let the devil lie to you and disconnect you. Remember, you got to keep the faith. Stay connected. Keep the faith and stay connected. It's real simple. How do you do that? You show up. Or when you can't show up, you, you check in on the live stream. Why? Why is that so important? Well, number one, I'm going to give you a real simple reason why we stay connected. Did you know Scripture says that it was Jesus' custom to go to church? Scripture says, as was his custom, he showed up at church. He said, man, that was God in the flesh. He didn't have to go. Yeah, he showed up. It's amazing that God suggests and, and makes rules, and he gives the real mandate, God-given mandates. And God actually goes by his own covenant and his own word. Isn't that amazing? The God of the universe, who was the Word in the flesh, he, he went to church and stood up and read the Word, Scripture says. So if Jesus didn't miss church, you don't need to miss church. So hang in there. Stay connected. Keep the faith. Stay connected. If another wave of closures comes, you put God first. Don't, don't be disconnected. I'm telling you, some people fell off last time, and we still haven't seen them again. Some of y'all know about that. Maybe you know some people. And every excuse in the book, no, man, you know, it's because... And people were telling me, no, I'm not going to go because, you know, you know, I'm uncomfortable with crowds. But, yeah, I saw you. I saw you at the store. There was a thousand people in there. On a big Sunday morning here, we, in the English service, a big Sunday morning, we have 120. I don't remember the last time we had that. 
maybe uh, the conference in January. Usually we average 70 to 85 people on a Sunday morning. And hey, man, if you say, man, I want people breathing on me. Well, neither do I. Because some people's breath stinks, right? But sit over there if you have to, you know, but show up and hear the word, stay connected, all right? Stay connected. I just needed to put that in there. Don't you be disconnected. Don't be intimidated. This was reminding me of it. Saul going to breathe threats, going, you can't serve God. No, you can serve God. You can serve God, and you choose to serve God no matter what. Put God first. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. Don't be intimidated by the enemy. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, because God deals with the enemy, and in this you're about to see God is going to deal with the enemy so hard that he becomes the enemy no longer. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, I love this story, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. Oh, man. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you coming against me? Why are you threatening me? Why are you trying to do awful things to me? He said, who are you, Lord? And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Man, you've heard of a come to Jesus moment? That's what that is. Next one. He came. He's, now get up. Jesus didn't ask him any questions and say, would you, and could you, could you please, you know. No, he said, now get up and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. God knew this guy was about to convert. He must have done it in that moment. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but guess who they saw? No one. They saw no one. Wow. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. We're going to hesitate on this verse for a moment. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. Speaking of the word foreshadowing, we used that a while ago. This Sunday, I'm going to talk to you about how Jesus healed the blind. I believe the things that Jesus did were not just in the physical. I believe everything he did was multi-layered in meaning. And when he healed the blind, that shows how when you accept Jesus, the scales fall off your eyes and you can see God for who he really is. You ever tried to talk to someone about the word, and they're, they're just like, I hear you, but I'm not seeing it. I, I mean, I'm not seeing it. I talked to people in 2020, 2021 about just believing God, and everybody's at different faith levels. That's fine. God has given us the measure of faith. We all develop it differently. We're at different levels in the faith. That's fine. But I remember talking to people but saying, yeah, but you just got to believe God about this or concerning this, and they'd look at me like, I hear you, but I can't see it. So Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. Only Jesus can give sight to the blind, physically and spiritually. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. That was humiliating. The big tough guy that was jailing people, persecuting them, ready to kill everyone that was preaching or believing in the name of Jesus. He was led by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. He took it so seriously, he went into a complete fast. A complete fast is no food or drink. That's a real fast. That's a different level. Now, there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. Someone say Ananias. This name is getting some redemption because the first time you heard the name Ananias, earlier in Acts, he died for lying to the Holy Spirit. Different Ananias. You know, like Joe. There's more than one Joe. So, you know, different Different people, same name. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias. Powerful that the same Lord had just spoken to Saul. His name is Saul at this point. 
And he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? The same Lord is speaking now to one of his current followers, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. They are now which city? Where are you listening? Which city are they in now? Where did you say? Jerusalem? Where did you say? Where? What? That's the house of Judas. I knew I was going to catch one of y'all. <laughs> They'll never know on camera who said that. So don't worry. What, what city are they in? Jonathan and Ms. Debbie cannot answer. Or Jen. Or Vali. What city are they in? Damascus. She's listening. She also has a hard copy of the Bible. You guys should think about that. Very good student. Muy buena estudiante. That is excellent. They're in Damascus. Damascus claims currently that they are the oldest continually inhabited city in the history of the world. But there are several cities on the planet that make that same claim. Jericho claims to be the oldest city, but if you know Scripture, you know that they have not been continually inhabited because they were completely crushed, and then they were re-inhabited later. But Damascus claims to be the oldest continually inhabited city in the world. So the Lord said to Ananias, go over to Straight Street, to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying. Look at this. This blows me away. God's talking to one of his followers saying, this new guy is praying to me right now. Go see him. <laughs> I love this guy's response, though. True human, right? I have these conversations with God, maybe not as clear and not as, not as direct as this, but I, I, I've had discussions with God, even, even arguments. I know he's going to win, but I'm like, Lord, why are we doing this right now, right? Why, why are we... This is what the Lord says. He's praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias. That's you, Ananias, right? Coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, have you ever done the but, Lord, in your prayer? I know y'all have. It's about every Christian in here, every believer in here said, ah, but do I? Mm. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias. I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. Mm. And he's authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. Lord, I know you're telling me to go, but this guy could jail me, man. But the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles. Who are Gentiles? Non-Jews. Did you say that? Huh? You didn't? Okay. She thought about it, though. Non-Jews. A Gentile is someone who's not Jewish. Who knows, in here we may have some, a smattering of Jewish blood. Chances are most of us are Gentiles, non-Jews, right? But the Lord said, go. He's my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel. Wow. He's going to take my message to Israel, kings, and to non-Jews. Powerful, powerful plan of God there. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. He thought he was putting suffering on people. He's about to really suffer for me and in my name. Wow. Hey, get ready. Welcome to the kingdom of God. The Lord, thus saith the Lord, you're about to suffer for him like crazy. But welcome to the kingdom. Hope you have a good day, right? Wow. So Ananias went and found Saul. At whose house? Were y'all listening? At, oh. Who said that? 50 points, man, for you, sir, at the house of Judas. 
Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, this is interesting. He calls him brother now because the Lord has given revelation to Ananias that Saul has already accepted him. You don't just call someone brother unless they're part of the family of God, right? I mean, in this context, there's people that call me brother at the store all the time, but I don't know if they're serving God or not, but I'll be their brother if they want. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road, wow, this is, Saul got, he came to know the Lord, he's, he's sitting in a, at the house of Judas for three days, and he's fasting, he's not been drinking water or eating food, wow, and he can't see. And this guy shows up and says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. My goodness. So Brother Saul was already, he'd already confessed Jesus, according to what we're reading here. But now the Lord is showing him that receiving the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is an experience subsequent or something that follows accepting Jesus. You accept Jesus and then you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is fascinating. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. That's weird, huh? Scales on his eyes. And he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized physically in water. That's what that means. So see, you see right there, he was a believer, but he hadn't been baptized yet. He received the baptism of the Holy Spirit after he believed. He said, Brother Saul, he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then he was baptized in water. Three separate things. Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. Does anyone know what he ate? I'm messing with y'all. There's, there's no way we, we could know that. Did you say, what did you say, Cheetos? Oh, enchiladas. Okay. I heard cha. Enchiladas, that'll go down real good after three days of fasting, man. That might tear your stomach up if they're hot. These are really hot. Be careful, right? Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. I don't know if they had enchiladas in Damascus on the street called Straight at the house of Judas, but they may have. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days. And immediately, wow, talk about getting radically saved in power. What did Jesus tell Mary Magdalene? Does anyone remember? After he was risen from the dead, Mary Magdalene was the first to see him. Does anyone remember what he told her? Three words. Mm -hmm. Basically, yes. Go, go and tell. Yes, 50 points, 45, depending on the translation. Go and tell. Mary Magdalene was the first preacher of the new covenant after the resurrection of Jesus. So the Saul came to know Jesus, baptized in the Holy Spirit. He was baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I would believe because that's what we've been commanded to do. And I know this guy was going by the book. Because now he's about to get real crazy for the things of God. And immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue saying, He is indeed the Son of God. God had already revealed to him what was going on. And you know Saul, before his name was changed to Paul, he knew scripture up, down, backwards. The guy knew his Bible. you got to realize that he's reading, he's writing a lot of these epistles that we're going to, you know, Romans and Corinthians, some of these epistles, Colossians, he's writing from jail without a copy of the Torah. He's recalling scripture. I believe he wrote, how much of the New Testament did he write? Is it 60, 65% of the New Testament? I'll get back to you on that. He wrote the majority of the New Testament. Amazing brain capacity and an amazing student of scripture. 
this guy's all of a sudden he's standing up saying, oh, he is the son of God. I was wrong. My bad. All who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation? What a good, strong, vivid word among Jesus followers in Jerusalem. This guy was destroying the church of Jesus. And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priests? What is up? Saul's preaching became more and more powerful, and the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. Stop there, please. I don't know why that, that really upset the Jews back then. Do you remember when, when they couldn't refute or they couldn't argue with Stephen? you remember what happened to him in chapter 7? They killed him. They couldn't, they couldn't refute his argument, so they said, get rid of him. Get rid of this dude. They could not argue with him because he's proving it scripturally, but still many do not want to hear it, especially the Jews. Saul's preaching became more and more powerful in the Jews in Damascus. They, i got to say it again. They could not refute. They couldn't even argue with him because he's blowing them away with scripture. His proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah, the anointed one from God. Next verse, please. After a while, some of the Jews, of course, they plotted together to kill him. They were watching for him day and night at the city gate so they could murder him, but Saul was told about their plot. I love this story. This is a good Bible story. I remember how vivid this was in my mind when my mom first told me this Bible story. He was told about their plot, so what did he do? Well, during the night, some of the other believers lowered him in a large basket through an opening in the city wall. They snuck him out like a spy. Said, nope, you got to stay alive. You have a lot to do, a lot to say. God has already spoken to you. You're going to be a light to kings and to Israel and to Gentiles. So he left. He snuck out through a, a gap in the wall. We don't know if it was a window or what, but he was let down in a basket through the city on, on, onto the other side of the city wall. When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. Of course, right? Hey, I'm here to talk to you about the gospel. They said, man, is this a trick? Is he going to kill us? They did not believe he had truly what become a believer they were freaked out then barnabas barnabas according to scripture was the son of encouragement you'll notice this about barnabas he was a uniter he would unite people he would give people encouraging words he would, he would bring people together. Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus. They trusted Barnabas, but they didn't know yet about Saul, but Barnabas brought him in. And how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. I imagine these people, their mouths are dropping open going, this same guy we were just worried about killing us and reporting us to the chief priests and getting rid of us and persecuting us, he was there. Remember, Scripture said at the end of chapter 7, he was there standing there as witness. People laid their coats at his feet as they stoned and killed Stephen, and he was fully in agreement with it. He's like, mm-hmm, get rid of him, kill him. He's right there. Now this same guy, Barnabas, is saying, hey, he preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. Folks are saying, what? So Saul stayed with the apostles, and he went all around Jerusalem with them preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. He debated with some Greek-speaking Jews. Some translations say the Hellenists. Greek-speaking Jews. Of course, once you start debating with Jews, according to the book of Acts, back, back in the day, they tried to kill you. That would, I wouldn't show up for that debate, I don't think. Say, hey man, if, if, if we lose the debate, you're dead. 
Strange, strange times. When the believers heard about this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him away to Tarsus, his hometown. The church then had peace at this point. Someone say at this point. At this point. The church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and it became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord? Would someone help me with that? Ms. Debbie, Jonathan, everybody can answer now. <laughs> what, what? Respect for God. He was reading your notes. Respect for God, living right, reverence. Say, fear of God, you mean I walk around scared of him? No, it means you don't want to do anything to offend him. Scripture says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Why? Well, if you have a holy respect, reverence, and awe for God, then there's many things you just won't do, huh? Because he's watching. Anybody else? Fear of the Lord. Healthy respect. All right, look at the rest of this verse. And... With the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, this is talking about the early church, we'll stop here tonight, it also grew in numbers. I've been talking to staff about a book um, by Dr. Paul Yonggi Cho, and at some point his church went to 500,000 people in Seoul, Korea, and now it's larger than that. But this man of God speaks in this book, it's called More Than Numbers, because how many of you know God is into numbers? He is. But even more than numbers is your character and your personal walk with God. That's what God's really, really concerned about. Because before you grow outward, that's what this man of God says in his book, before you go, grow outward, you've got to grow inward. Now, it doesn't mean you wait until you're just right with God. It doesn't mean until you've got it all figured out. It doesn't mean until, man, I just feel really perfect now. No, uh-uh. That's never going to come. You're just right with God. That's righteousness through faith in Jesus Christ, okay? You're right with God by faith, and now it's time to share your faith. Tell, talk to somebody about it. you got people all around you going, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. How many times since COVID have you been around people and they're like, I'm so stressed out, I don't know if I can do this. Guess what? You have the answer. You have the answer. So as you grow in character with God, you begin to just tell your story. Everybody has a story to tell. Your story, according to Scripture, is your testimony. Your testimony is sharing your faith according to the Word and what God has done for you. My testimony is this. It's not greater than anyone's. Everybody's testimony is powerful in its own way. Scripture says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony in the book of Revelation. Here's my testimony. I was saved, I believe, at seven or eight. I, for some reason, I don't know exactly how old I was. When my dad went on a missionary trip to California when we were kids. And I accepted Jesus at one of my dad's home prayer groups. And I was baptized in a lake in California. The city I was saved in was Marysville. Praise God. I know I was saved. Very young. I was born into a family where mom and dad already spoke in tongues. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They were followers of Jesus. They had been saved. Dad was saved at eight, I believe, and mom was saved. At, was mom saved at six? I think that was right. They lived saved lives. They'd never truly gone to the world. And my testimony is the, keeping, the saving, keeping, and staying power of the Holy Spirit. God has kept me all these years. Have I made mistakes? Oh, man, I can't count them all. But I've always had a heart for God, even in, the, even in the midst of my mess. Even when I was trying to 
be disobedient like Jonah and say, Lord, I'll serve you, but I'm not going to preach, man. That's crazy, God. Call someone else. I, I was one of those that knew what it cost to, to get up here and share and get up here and work in the ministry. I watched my parents growing up. I said, Lord, can we do something else? What if we renegotiate? I'll tithe 20%, right? <laughs> I don't know if I said that, but, you know, I think I did think that. Lord, I'll tithe 11.8%. I don't know. I said, Lord, please, come on, man. I don't know if I thought God was going to take away my fun, but I'm going to tell you right now, the funnest, most rewarding, the best thing I've ever done is be able to speak and live in the ministry and serve God and serve other people. That's my testimony. Other people say, man, I was on meth. I was in this. I was in that. And God's miraculous power took me out and saved me and delivered me from drug addiction and demons. And here I am. That testimony is equally powerful, right? God's saving, rescuing power, and God's keeping power. Same God does it for both of us. So my testimony is not greater than yours, and yours is not greater than mine. We all overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And in doing so, remember, once again, i got to say it again, strong on my heart today, let God work on your character. What is your character? Your attitude, how you deal with people. How you walk in the, in the fruit of the Spirit? Are, are you walking in the fruit of the Spirit? I want you to be encouraged tonight because you are God's people and He's not even begun to show you all the great things He has in store for you. All right? Let's go ahead and pray together, if you would. We're going to stop right there at verse 31 of Acts chapter 9. Bow your heads and close your eyes tonight, if you would, please. You say, what is God's purpose for my life? Well, there's lots of things that we know are God's purpose for you to be saved, for you to be healed, for you to be right with him, right? That goes along with being saved, you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you to be baptized in water, you to share your faith and read the word and pray. And I've got to encourage you, there is no substitute for the word and prayer, none. No substitute for the, you say, man, do, do I have to read every word? Hey, you may listen to every word of Scripture, but you need to get into the Word, whether it's reading it, hearing it, something. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And God's Word is God's will. So that's important to you as a believer. But as a believer, there is no substitute for prayer in the Word. None. Why? Because God shows you His purpose. His purpose for your life. People say, well, I'm not called to do this or that. Yeah, but God's calling is on you. Remember, Scripture talks about in the book of Revelation as well, the called, the chosen, and the faithful. Many are called, fewer chosen, and even fewer are faithful. Because the Lord calls everybody and then a few are chosen because they say, Lord, I'll do it. But then like the parable that Jesus told, some say, I'll do it, and they don't do anything with it. The seed never does much in those people. Called, chosen, and faithful. Many are called, few are chosen, and even fewer are faithful with what God has given them. What will you do with the word that you've heard tonight? What is your testimony going to be one day? Because you already have a testimony, but God is writing your story every single day. I want to pray with you if there's anyone in the house who says, or on live stream, who says, man, you know what? I need to accept Jesus. I've never accepted Jesus or made him my Lord. Would you raise your hand tonight? And I'm going to pray with you. You need to make peace with God. This is your time. This is your moment. I'm going to pray with you. I'm not going to keep you much longer. 
Raise your hand if you need to make your peace with God by faith in Jesus. And if not, let's just all pray this prayer together because someone may be on the live stream or on SoundCloud or the podcast needs to hear this. Let's pray together. Repeat this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that your word is true. And whoever calls on your name, the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Save me, Lord. I believe Jesus died and rose again for me. Save me from hell and from my sin. I don't understand it all, but I believe. Say this. Say, I choose to believe. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for making me right with you. In Jesus' name. Now, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, let me pray with you and for you. Father, in Jesus' name, we agree. If you're sitting next to someone, grab hands with them if you don't mind. Go ahead. If you're sitting close enough to someone to grab hands with them, let's do it. Go ahead, right there. Let's pray. Let's agree. Let's unite our faith. Father, as believers tonight, we activate our faith. You said in your word where two or three are gathered in your name, Jesus, you said there I will be in the midst of them. We know your presence is here by your Holy Spirit. So you are with us, just according to the promise. Now, Father, I thank you that you're doing something in lives. You're changing hearts. You're transforming our behavior. And, Lord, we're not imitating or copying the behaviors and customs of this world, but we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind, according to Romans chapter 12. Thank you tonight for your word that has fallen on good ground. We give you praise and thanks and honor and glory. Thank you for the joy that is ours, the peace that is ours, the promises that you've made us. And we thank you that, according to your word, all of the promises of God are yes and amen through Jesus and his name. We thank you, God, for those promises. We bless your name tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.